You're listening to Closer Look. Here's Felipe Aguilar. For many wheelchair-bound people, being in a wheelchair can also mean being restricted from leaving their homes. Joining us to tell us how Texas Ramp Project provides some freedom for them by building wheelchair ramps for those who can't afford to buy one is John Lane, founder of Texas Ramp Project. John, welcome to Closer Look. Thank you. Take us back to the beginnings of Texas Ramp Project. Texas Ramp Project, its formative organization was the Dallas Ramp Project in Dallas County. And that was something within my own Kiwanis Club. We were called upon to build a ramp for a friend of a member. And thereafter, for maybe four or five years, people would come to us and say, weren't you the people that built that ramp? Could you build another ramp? And it seemed to me that what we were doing for that client was very much life-changing for the client and relatively quick to do. And we went from building two ramps a year to building 25 ramps a month. We figured out how to find our clients. We figured out how to find our volunteers. We figured out how to get the lumber we needed. Sometime in the early 90s, we created the Dallas Ramp Project as a 501c3 so that we could receive funds from other for-profit businesses and people who cared about tax deductions. So as we kept increasing what we're doing and more people found out about us, we started to get contacts from not only people outside of Dallas County and Texas, but from other states uh, and Canada and even from Greece. People called us and wanted to know how we were building that many ramps and what we were doing. So it appeared to me that the need, based on the kind of things that were happening to us, the need was much greater than, than simply Dallas County. John, so Texas Ramp Project, in essence, is made up of volunteers at these different cities. Tell us about your volunteers. Our volunteers are usually from civic organizations like Rotary Lines, Kiwanis. They're from churches, various denominations of churches. Uh, that's the majority of the people that we have. We do work with um, high school students, college students, students that need service requirements to graduate, and uh, we develop those relationships. So you might have teams operating within a given church, or you might have teams that come uh, from various service organizations. It all depends upon what that community has to offer. And are there specific skill sets that you're looking for in the volunteers? Don't need any skill. We'll train them all on site. You don't have to be a cabinet maker to build a ramp. So our skilled team leaders are the ones that know how to build a ramp, and they instruct people how to do it. And in a lot of cases, it's almost easier for us to work with people that uh, haven't focused on that area because it's different than what they do, and it's sort of a vacation. It's a break for them from what they ordinarily do. So we can take people, uh, men, women, uh, various ages, and we can build a ramp with them in four to five hours. What do you hear from the volunteers as they're building the ramps, and better yet, as they've completed building the ramp for somebody? Well, we have very high retention of our volunteer base because they get so much enjoyment out of the actual work but also because they understand that when they get done, they've, they've changed a life in four hours. If you were living in, a, in your home, in a very nice home, and someone came and screwed all the doors shut and you couldn't get out, that might be okay for a couple of days, but after that it would get pretty old. 
Well, we build ramps for people who have not been out of their homes in months. So now we build a ramp and they can come out by themselves. They don't need any help to get out. It goes right from their door to the ground and they can get to paratransit and go wherever they want. So they can go to churches, they can go shopping, they can go see the movies, they can lead a much more normal life. Plus they can live in place. They don't have to go to a nursing home at that point. So the impact that your organization is having in the lives of these people is pretty significant. It's huge, it's huge. And what do you hear from the recipients of the ramps? Sometimes they're in tears when they come down the ramp for the first time because they're so happy to have access. I had a lady that told me, and it, it takes a little while to figure this out, but she said, now I know if I want bananas. And I thought, what is that? And she said, well, I can give money to people who can go buy bananas for me, but I don't know if they're going to come back with green bananas or overripe bananas or what they'll come back with. Now I can go to the store and I know what the bananas look like. Thanks for joining us. I'm Felipe Aguilar. This is Closer Look. I'm joined by John Lane, founder of Texas Ramp Project. And we're talking about how Texas Ramp Project is building wheelchair ramps for the disabled, for the elderly, and for those folks who can't afford to buy one. How many ramps are being built? This year we'll build uh, 2,000. And we've given away, by the end of the year, we will have given away uh, more than 15,000. And how do you identify the recipients of a wheelchair ramp? All of our referrals are through third-party health care providers, so we don't accept any referrals directly from the client or their family. It has to come from, say, a social worker at a hospital or at a rehab center or at a dialysis clinic or a home health worker or perhaps a doctor's office or something like that. Is it the referring agency that makes the determination for financial need? We have one question about financial need. Is there financial need, yes or no? And what we expect is that if the agency has its own guidelines, that they apply their own guidelines if they don't have guidelines that they apply their own common sense and who are your clients I would say probably two-thirds of our clients maybe more are over 60 years of age below that you have uh, amputees because of dialysis or something like that and and there are stroke victims there are spina bifida victims there are car accident victims all kinds of reasons why people would lose their ability to to move around easily but by and large we're building for the majority of our ramps of people over 60 years of age is there a priority that texas ramp project puts on the person that they'll build the ramp for first for example if someone needs a ramp to get out of a hospital, that's a high priority. If someone has a dangerous existing ramp, that's probably the highest priority because they will continue to use that dangerous ramp until they hurt themselves. If they don't have a ramp, it's actually safer because then they know they need two or three people to help them get out of the house and all those people will be there to help them do it. It's inconvenient, but it's safer than using a dangerous existing ramp, which may be too steep, it may be uh, very fragile, and may not have any handrails. So if I live in one of those communities and I receive a referral, what's the next step? The next step is one of our volunteers goes out and surveys the home. You know, is it a four-foot ramp? Is it a 40-foot ramp? Is it a straight ramp? Is it an L-shaped ramp? Could be a lot of different designs. So the surveyor will go out and talk to the family and talk to the client and uh, discuss the options that they have. And sometimes there are many options. Sometimes there's only one option. Uh, but they'll discuss that with the family and explain that to them. And the family will need to agree with what we're suggesting. And once we know what's needed, then it's scheduled for a build and we send a build team out there. This is Closer Look. I'm Felipe Aguilar. I'm joined by John Lane, founder of Texas Ramp Project. 
John, tell us about your community partners. Apart from the volunteers themselves, do you also work with other, maybe a business, for example, that can donate lumber and some things of that sort? Like anything that's done in the nonprofit world, it often relies upon relationships. So we have very good relationships with the people that are our lumber suppliers, the Home Depots of the world, the Lowe's of the world, the McCoys of the world, and smaller lumber yards that exist in outlying communities. Uh, and they work pretty hard to help us out, to make sure the lumber's where it should be, when it's supposed to be there. And uh, we're very dependent upon them getting the lumber there and getting the right lumber there. So that works out pretty well. Other partners are the uh, foundations that support us. Maybe two-thirds of our money comes from foundations, probably another 20% or so comes from churches, civic organizations, businesses, and individuals. And the remaining 10 or 15% would come to us from state agencies like the Area Agency on Aging or Adult Protective Services uh, who will pay us the uh, cost of lumber for ramps that we build to their referral. So there's a whole network of people trying to help. There's the Foundations trying to help their communities. There's the agencies trying to help throughout the state. If you call 211, they're probably going to tell you to call the Texas Ramp Project if you need a ramp anywhere in Texas. They know about us. It's, um, it's quite an interesting proposal because we're working with so many different volunteers that uh, it takes a lot to get the job done, but we still manage to get the job done. So Texas Ramp Project is a model that can be used or done in other states as well. Yes, it could be used anywhere. We might have to change our building design. If you got into a northern state where there was a lot of snow or frost or something like that, we might want to deck. We're decking in Texas in three-quarter inch pressure-treated plywood. We might deck in two-by-sixes if we're building in the north, which would be a little bit more durable. So, yeah, we might change some things, but the basic model of the project could be done anywhere. So let's say somebody in Pennsylvania, for example, hears our conversation and they say, we would like to start something like that here in Pennsylvania. Are you available to provide some guidance? We'd be happy to answer their questions. We were, Women's Day for a while was featuring a different nonprofit each month that could be used across the state, kind of the looking for people that like us. And we were their model one month and we got calls from all over the country from people who were reading uh, Woman's Day and saw us and wanted to know how they could do that in their, in their community. So it could be done in any community. It just takes uh, the dedication of key people to do it. This is Closer Look. I'm Felipe Aguilar. I'm speaking with John Lane, founder of Texas Ramp Project. And we've been talking about how this organization is building wheelchair ramps for the disabled, for elderly, and for folks who might not otherwise be able to afford one. John, so if I want to help the efforts of Texas Ramp Project, What's the best way to do that? Well, the volunteers come to us through uh, an email address, volunteer at texasramps.org. Texas spelled out T-E-X-A-S-R-A-M-P-S dot org. So either volunteer at texasramps.org or info at texasramps.org. Uh, either address can be uh, receive emails and we'll respond to them. And if I'm a social service agency, an area agency on aging, and I have a client that I would like to be considered, What's the first step there? They go to our website and fill out the forms online. Uh, we have a database that carries all of the ramp requests that are made of us. And uh, whether it be the area agents on aging or a hospital or a dialysis clinic or whomever, uh, those people all go to our website at texasramps.org. And they go to request a ramp and they fill out the form. 
and they uh, submit it and confirm their form. And when that happens, it goes into our database. It goes to the coordinator of the county in which the client lives. And uh, the uh, person that made the referral gets a confirmation from us. So all of that happens instantaneously. As we get ready to wrap it up, is there anything else that you would like to add that maybe we missed? As we said before, this could be done in any part of the country. The need for this service will only grow. If we look at the baby boomers as they're aging out, percentage of people over 60 years of age here in Texas will be around 20% in three or four years. So that's one in five people. Texas is uh, 26, 27 million. So even if it were 25 million, that would be 5 million people would be over 60 years of age. There's always going to be a certain percentage of that disabled, probably something like 15% will be disabled in some way. So as that need continues to grow, as more people age out, certainly the, you don't see much um, desire on part of the federal government to put more money in geriatric health care. So the need will continue to exist. And if we can keep people living safely at home instead of going to a nursing home, which is quite expensive, that's the equivalent of getting your medical care in an emergency room, then a six or $800 ramp or compare it to sixty dollars to $80,000 to put someone in a nursing home. Well, they don't want to go to the nursing home and they can live in, with that informal safety net of family, friends, church, neighbors. And if we can keep them living there longer, everybody's happier, and it makes a much better economic argument. Give us your contact and website information one more time. Info at TexasRamps.org. That's I-N-F-O at TexasRamps, T-E-X-A-S-R-A-M-P-S dot O-R-G. Or you can uh, volunteer. Send a, If you're interested in volunteering, send us a message at volunteer at TexasRamps.org, spelled the same way. And uh, we will respond to you and put you in contact with the appropriate people so that you can uh, become part of our work. John, thank you again for joining us here tonight. Thank you very much. For Closer Look, I'm Felipe Aguilar. This has been Air One Closer Look. Find us online at airone.com.